Hey everyone, welcome to episode 23 of the Passion Effect podcast. My name is Jack Pittman and thank you so much for joining us. Each week we interview someone who has successfully followed their passions in order to inspire you to find happiness and purpose through your passions. And I'm very excited to kick off the first episode of 2021. I'm joined with social media consultant and founder of In The Cove, Jackie Barker. In The Cove is an organisation focused on informing local residents in the Lane Cove area here in Sydney, Australia, about events and stories happening in the community through her blog, her podcast and social media pages. So Jackie is here to share her passion for social media and communications. And today we are here to talk about what is it that makes a strong community? Jackie Barker, welcome to The Passion Effect. It's great to have you. Thank you, Jack. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. Well, Jackie, 2020 is behind us and we can now look forward to 2021. However, I'm curious to hear about what your 2020 was like with all the work you were doing within the Cove. Jack, 2020 was like no other year. I thought I worked hard before 2020, but I didn't. (laughs) 2020 was the year where I I realised that In the Cove did actually serve a really big community purpose. During the height of the the pandemic from that March through till June, we were putting out daily updates and letting people know exactly what was happening. Because in, in the original first part of it, so many rules and regulations were changing. Mm. And that was quite scary to a lot of people. In the Cove has three different types of demographics. And um, we have our younger demographic, the small social media savvy. Then we have sort of my age where we cover a bit of each. And then we've got the over 50s who love my email newsletter. And I was getting the most beautiful emails back from them saying, thank you so much. I didn't know what was going on. You're providing succinct and clear information. So it was a real year of learning how to communicate quickly and efficiently during a pandemic. Mm. Were there any highlights or lessons from 2020, any moments of joy for you? Uh, I think the moments of joy were when I would get stopped in the street and people would say to me, thank you so much for providing factually correct information mm. because the media does love a good, a good beat up. So, for example, where people going, you know, clusters growing, I would say the biggest one was when Lane Cove was declared a hotspot and right. people panicked. And I thought, well, why are we a hotspot? So I went and investigated it. I had an auditor from a very big, big company send me a, um, a message saying, I can't understand why we're a hotspot. I've looked through all of the information. How could we be a hotspot? But the reason why we're a hotspot was that there was one case of local community transmission where the source was not known. And when the source is not known, that is when it becomes a hotspot because you've got someone out there spreading. And then finally they did find that source and we stopped being a hotspot. But people really appreciated that I took the time to tell them exactly why we're a hotspot. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, communication is so important during a pandemic, Mm. especially to make sure that those messages are heard and get across. Yeah. They're important in saving lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and what makes a strong community, do you think, Jackie? Well, look, you know, it, you know that old saying, it takes a village to raise a child? Well, it actually does take a village. A strong community is, is where government, businesses and local all act together. You can't do it on your own. You all need to play your part. That's what makes a strong community. And how do you foster a strong community during a pandemic? And do you think that adversity makes a community stronger or does it vary? Well, I think how you foster a community is by 
being open, providing lots of information, providing lots of places where people can get together and work as a community and also have a community purpose. And our community purpose on In The Cove is to promote a neighbourly conversation and to promote communication within neighbours. And so it's about they're getting out there and saying, hi, I'm your neighbour, this is what I'm doing, I'd love to meet you. It's about community, that word communication is going to come back a lot. That's what I think makes it how you've got to foster a good community. And do you think the pandemic's made the Lane Cove community stronger? Yes and no. Um, when it first hit, a lot of people were reaching out to their neighbours who they'd not really had much um, to do with before, particularly elderly or vulnerable, and saying, how can I help you? Can I do your shopping? So many people put their hand up to volunteer for Sydney Community Services, which is the organisation which helps the disabled, aged and vulnerable in our community. And so, yes, I do think it did make people closer, but it also divided us in some ways because people didn't like curtailing of individual freedoms. Mm. You see this with a mask debate. People go, I don't want to wear a mask. At the end of the day, and I guess I'm pretty straighty 180, but if the health department says it, then I'm going to do it. Mm. Yeah, at the end of the day, you've got to put the, the health first to a certain extent. Yeah. How did you come to find this passion for social media consulting and communications? Look, Jack, it happened by mistake. Um, I didn't plan to do this, but then when I saw the power of it, it did make me feel so passionate. Um, mm. So I just put up a page about Lane Cove and I was just going to talk about coffee drinking to tell you the truth. And then when I saw that people had so many questions about Lane Cove, so many questions about local government, so many questions on how do you find particular organisations within your area, I realised that there's a real missing gap. And then what made it even more imperative was when local news was under attack when the, when COVID hit. So when COVID hit, the North Shore Times stopped, the Village Observer stopped, and I was the only source of local news. And that really invigorated me, like, with much passion. North Shore Times has come back, and the Village Observer is back, and that's great. Mm. And you started the In The Cove Facebook page back in 2012, even way before this pandemic. Yep. What's that journey been like since 2012 when you launched that Facebook in the code page. When I saw that it could have this impact that could make and inform local residents, I thought, well, I'm going to do this. And, and I got so much joy out of it. Um, and I did it voluntarily for three to four years. And then I wanted to move to a website because Facebook page is great, but you can't, you can't get all that information in one place. And then when you move to a website, that's when the costs start to really impact. I mean, my insurance is over $2,500 a year. And that's just defamation, et cetera. Hosting. People sort of think that websites don't cost you money, but they do. So then I started to take advertising and I had a moral dilemma. Should I take advertising? Should I not? And then I realised that to do it, I have to take advertising. However, I don't take sponsorship from any form of political party, developer or level of government so that I can be independent. Mm. And what do you attribute to your success with the Facebook page? You've now got 18,575 followers. There's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you think that Lane Cove only has 39,000 people. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think it's because all I did was, I, and this is my whole raison d'etre, I say to myself, would I find this interesting? Would I find this informative? Would I find this useful? If those three boxes are ticked, then I'll put it up. And I think that's the whole thing. People find it informative, useful or education. That's really it. If someone was to set up a Facebook page for their business community or an event, what three to four pieces of advice would you give them? 
The first thing I'd say is it's not for the faint-hearted. What I've got is, is, is a hyper-local website. And there are hyper-local websites all over the world. In the UK, it's huge. And in fact, I visited the Centre for Community Journalism in Wales. And the stats are that in most cases, hyper-local pages like mine burn out after the first five years because you are constantly doing a lot. You're always sort of on the, on the clock. So don't do it if you think it's going to be an easy road because it's not. So if you've got the time, the passion, do it. Make sure that you find some people that can help you um, who are like-minded like you. And don't be afraid to make mistakes because I've made mistakes. I've put stuff up and later thought, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, But don't be afraid to make mistakes and just be fearless. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think so often people live in this sense of fear and it paralyzes them from following their passions and going after what they want, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Have you ever considered helping other communities set up similar Facebook pages and websites? Yeah, I have. And in fact, I am working with the Judith Nielsen Institute for um, Public Journalism. And I was very lucky to have a few high-profile Australians who saw my site and they liked it. And they went to the Judith Nielsen Institute for Public Journalism and said, could we look at hyperlocals? And so they are actually just in the process of putting out feelers to other hyperlocals like myself to hopefully have a conference in February. So, yes, and lots of people say to me, why don't you franchise it? Well, being an ex-lawyer, franchising is, is not an easy route. It's not easy. But I'm more than happy to, to consult with anyone who wants to do it. But, um, yeah, so I'm giving a lot of time to the Judith Nielsen Institute for Public Journalism. Wow, it's amazing. Mm, yeah, it was great. What goal or impact do you want to have on the Lane Cove community? What I want is for people to be more engaged. And the Lane Cove Council elections are coming up in September and I want people to actually think about who is representing them. If I had my perfect world, I believe there should be no local politics at the local level and it should just be people who just want to help locals Um, because, you know, local council actually impacts your life probably more than state and federal you know, rates, roads, rubbish, recycling. Those are all things that we do every day. And um, I really want there to be a council where people are committed local activists and not just because they think that they might get on council and then have the route towards local, because this is what happens is that you get people who think, well, I'll get on local council, then I'll get to state, then I'll get to federal. Nothing wrong with that as long as you still are at this at the stage still promoting local. And I don't think that always um, happens in our current council. I think that some people toe the party line and the party line may not necessarily be the best for local issues. So I am digressing, but I really think that if we had our best had a way, we would just have um, nine local activists on there. And what I want is to people, including someone like you, Jack, we, we need diversity on local council. We need diversity in sex, age. So that's what I want. I want to engage local community. And do you think it's starting to happen, that process of getting that diversity? No, no, not at all. Why is that? I never went to a local council meeting until I started doing this. And um, because when you're a you know, young mum and dad, you don't have time. You're working full time. You've got kids you know, you don't have time to be involved. But I want more people like you to be involved. I want more people like your friends to be involved in local matters. And I want more mums and dads and parents and younger people to be involved as well. 
And the problem is that being a counsellor, gosh, they do work hard. Every one of them on the council works hard, but I would love to see more diversity. And speaking of diversity and everything that goes on within the Cove, if if someone was to come visit Blaine Cove for a day, what places would you recommend they go and see? Ah, well, I have lots. To start with, obviously, they should visit one of our local businesses to have something to eat. And we've got the fabulous canopy now, but there's also great restaurants all around the Lang Cove village and also in our neighbourhood um, centres. I would love them to go and have a look at Carisbrook Historic House, which is a house that's been lovingly installed by the Lang Cove Historical Society and it's life in the 1880s. Wow. And it's a, it's a jewel. It's, the most, it's set in the most beautiful setting. I'd like you to go to some of our beautiful parks. If you've got a dog, go down to Blackman Park and you can dog can have a cappuccino and you can at the dog cafe. And also some of our bushwalks are amazing. Did mm-hmm. you know that every, nearly every house in Lancove is 500 metres from a bushwalk? I did not know that. They are. Jackie, I want to talk a bit about your In The Cove podcast because that's something you've started recently. I have. What was the catalyst for starting that podcast? What was the reason behind it? Well, Jack, it's interesting because different people consume information in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of friends who they get my newsletter, but they never read it because they're too busy. But they're in the car for work or they do lots of walking or they on a treadmill. And so I thought, well, the, one of the reasons why I think In the Cove has been really successful is that I've embraced every form of communication I can. Mm-hmm. So we've got a newsletter, we've got Facebook, Instagram, podcast and website and so what I wanted was for other people who consume information in different ways so that was the that was the rationale for the podcast and also too I think it's a really good way to interview local people 100% I was just going to say that I think as well the podcast meeting is such a great way to not only meet new people but also just have conversations and spark debate and and ideas Mm. Jackie you've experienced passions in many ways are there any lessons that you've learned throughout the process of starting in the cove or anything about passions in general? Yeah. Look, sometimes you can be too passionate, Jack. Um, I had a situation where I got a little bit too passionate about an issue and I lost a bit of focus on what I was doing because I just got mm-hmm. so upset that I was so passionate about something and other people weren't. Yeah. And so sometimes you've got to rein back your passion and then sort of be a little bit more, okay, I might be passionate about this. How do I make other people passionate about it? Yeah. How do you make other people passionate about something that you're passionate about? Uh, Give them the facts. Give them the facts and then explain to them, if they're involved, what that will do for the community. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I've got a couple of really exciting things coming up in the new year that I want to do. And one of them is a library of things. Have you heard of that? I haven't. Could you explain to us what that is? Okay, so Library of Things is where you can borrow anything, something that you might only ever buy once and use a few times. Instead of buying it once and then landfill, you go to the Library of Things, you pick up a drill and you borrow it and then you take it back. Mm. And so that way we're not buying a lot and um, making landfill something that we don't want. And I've become... Ever since in the COVID, I've become more and more passionate about the environment and the Lang Cove Sustainability Action Group is an amazing group. With two friends, we're going to start the library of things where people can borrow stuff that they might use once or twice. And that's that's something to look forward to in the new year. So it stops you, A, a it stops you from buying stuff that you only use a little bit and saves you a bit of money and helps the environment. So win, win, win. 
Absolutely love that. And are there any other plans that you have in regards to In The Code podcast blogs in the next couple of years or even this year? Yeah, I'd love to have an In The Cove storefront. And I've looked into it and the rents are so high in Lang Cove. I just can't justify it. But the reason I would like to do it is helping people with lost property, giving people information and uh, just being an information source. I'd love to have like just a little hole, little hole in the wall hmm. to do all that stuff. That, that would, to me, would be so good. But I can't afford the rent, which is hmm. disappointing. But, yeah. yeah, I'd love if there's any landlord out there that would like to give me some free premises, I would be so happy to talk to them. <laughs> there's anyone that has a property in Lane Cove, do reach out to Jackie Barker in the Cove. I'm sure she'd love to have a chat with you. <laughs> what advice would you give to people about finding their passions? I think when you find your passion, it's got to be something that is easy to do. I know it sounds silly, but if you've got a passion, it's got to, it's got to be something that, that you can do that doesn't overwhelm your life because if that happens, then you'll get burnout like you know how you can get volunteer burnout so find something that means a lot to you that you can do that's not going to overtake your life and it's going to make a difference if you if you're really passionate about something and it takes up 24 7 then you're going to lose that passion and then that's not going to help anybody finally jackie where can people learn more about in the cove where can people follow you oh Thank you, Jack. Well, there's a couple of things. They can go to our Facebook page and it's just at In The Cove, I-N-T-H-E-C-O-V-E. They can go to our website, inthecove.com.au, and they can sign up to our newsletter, which comes out every Wednesday. And they can listen to our podcast on Spotify, um, Apple Play, and they can go and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, you name it. I'm a multimedia person. <laughs> multimedia guru, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Barker, thank you so much for joining me on the Passion Effect podcast to talk about your passion for social media consultant communications in the community. It was a great conversation that we had and thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so much, Jack. And I love the fact that you're putting a spotlight on passion. That's a really lovely thing to do. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Jackie. Okay. And that's it for episode 23 of the Passion Effect podcast. My name is Jack Pittman. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you enjoyed the episode, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at the Passion Effect podcast. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. And don't forget, keep following your passions.